0: Two, one. All right, sports fans, welcome to another edition of the TMG podcast. This is Chris Dufresne. This is our winter solstice uh, <laughs> air- airing. It's been a while. Um, we took some time off after the championship game, but uh, we are joined. Uh, and I, you know, I can't tell you how difficult it is to get all of us, uh, all four of us, together. Uh, it'd be easier to fly. If we all flew, uh, you know, to Denver. And met in a conference room, but we, uh, we got the technology worked out, I think. And Herb Gould and Tony Barnhart and Mark Blouchin, you were all on the line, all right? Everybody, everybody here?
1: Yes, sir. Indeed. Oh, I love we're it. All here.
0: All love it. Okay, before we start, we will uh, once again thank our sponsor, APBA, APA Games, the Unchallenged King of Quality Sports Strategy Games. Uh, Mark Blouchin, are you getting a little excited about? I know pitchers and catchers have reported. Uh, what does this mean for for APA games are you, are you ready for a new season
1: well i'm it, trying to get get all the players uh, on their new teams you know oh yeah goes, goes to the uh, Phillies you know, and yall goes goes to the Padres. you gotta make all these changes uh, on last year's cards
0: yeah thats that's that's a good point that's six hundred million dollars worth of changes at least so mm. uh, and uh, Anyway, there's a, been a lot of news, and a lot of it's been recent. So let's get right to it. And I think, the, well, I'll start with the biggest story in the last 24 hours. I think for college football fans, and and we'll throw this to Herb Gould, uh, Jim Delaney, Big Ten commissioner, uh, announced to uh, set his retirement date for 2020 in the year 20 uh, in the year 2020. Uh, and uh, Herb, give us the, our uh, our listeners a little um, an idea of what. You know, Jim you know, what Jim Delaney meant to the sport and what he's done.
2: Well, you know, the readers will know that I, I posted a, a piece right. on his accomplishments this morning. Uh and you know, after I wrote it, I thought, wow, this is awfully gushy. I mean, I, I hope you know, where where's the uh you know, where's the downside? But I tell you what, the man uh had a monumental impact on the sport. I think everybody would agree with that. Uh, you know, he just Took it to a different level. I mean, he approached it as sort of a, a benevolent dictator, if you will. Although he wasn't a dictator, but but he really, you know, was not afraid to pressure people to get what he wanted. But he always did it with an eye toward, you know, the greater good. I mean, he, you know, he had a, a, a an appreciation for uh, Title IX, women's stuff. He had the vision for, you know, the the sports network BTN the competitive balance of the uh, college playoffs. Uh, he was the first guy that really just embraced instant replay in the big way. I mean, he just had a great vision for, uh, running, uh, us on a sport. Uh,
0: you know, if, if you want me to play the, the devil's advocate, I'll give I'll give you a couple, <clears throat> a couple, uh, ways where I think he, he went awry a little bit. I, I don't think that, that's probably too strong, but, um, you know, a lot of his getting the Rose Bowl into the into the uh, into the BCS was a huge deal, and it was important. But Jim was one of the you know he bowed at the altar of the Rose Bowl and what it meant for the Big Ten and the pack, the Pac-10 and the Pac-12. But there's no doubt that the Rose Bowl has been diminished by the actions that he helped create, and I think we all agree that it probably had to be done. But the Rose Bowl is a less is a lesser bowl now. Uh, in many ways, um, you know, that's a minor thing. And the other two things I would say would be Rutgers and Maryland. <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah, you know that—that's what I mean. I, I didn't—I don't mean to say everything he did was was perfect. You know, there's no question. The Rose Bowl is a a lesser event, but you know, for the greater benefit of a, a playoff system, or at least moving toward you know, a, a playoff system that everybody can agree on. I don't know if we ever will, but, you know, I, I don't think that was a huge one. Rutgers is in Maryland. I'm not entirely comfortable with that. I wasn't comfortable with Penn State and Nebraska, but that's what the world is today. Yeah. Uh, and, if, you know, if the Big Ten had sat there with ten teams, it would have diminished the league. I mean, you, you kind of have to reach and, um, you know, if Rutgers gets his act together, I mean, it's a weak sister at this point. But the potential is there, you know, given the, you know, the markets and face it, that's what college sports has become now. It's a big business and you need to know, you know, where your television sets are. Yeah. T- Tony, um,
0: well, go ahead. Mike, Mike, Tony, Mike Slive and Jim Delaney are clearly the, the two power brokers of the modern, modern era. Uh, would you put them as, as equals in the, uh, you know, in, in the way in the way things have evolved? <clears throat> Yeah, I would. I, I would. <clears throat> excuse me, guys. I would also throw
3: Roy Kramer in there oh, yeah. uh, um, as a as a guy who was a visionary, a contemporary of uh, Jim Delaney's. I, I I I think Jim. First of all, Jim was more often than not the smartest guy in the room. He could he could look ahead, as you as you said. The thing I give Jim Delaney a lot of credit for is. He was the first guy to jump out there and do a network. Uh, the SEC didn't want SEC purposely did not do it because they wanted to watch the Big Ten and watch the mistakes they made before they launched, and that turned out to be that was Mike Slime's call, and it turned out to be the right move. But Delaney, Delaney had to you know put that thing together, and uh, it did uh, it did really well. He, he is um, he it, when we you know all of us write the history of college athletics, he's He's in the top two or three, four people who had the biggest impact in the modern era.
0: Yeah, and uh, and the and the Big Ten, a Big Ten network, may be his lasting legacy. I mean, when you when you think about what that ushered in, um, with a lot of help from uh, uh, Kevin uh, Weiberg, um, you know, we brought him from the Big Twelve who, who helped start the Big Ten network. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but. But let me add one other thing here: is that if, while it's
1: true
3: some of the things that had to be done diminished the Rose Bowl, if I'm the Rose Bowl, I'm really nervous uh, because because listen, <laughs> I, know, I agree. It, it, it's it's been diminished, it's been diminished, but it's still on New Year's Day at five o'clock Eastern time, okay? Right. And there's a lot of pe- there's a lot of people who want to tell the Rose Bowl, we're going to play the playoffs on January first. You do what you want to do. Okay, so I, if if I'm the Rose Bowl right now, when Jim Delaney's gone, I'm just not sure the next the next person is going to fight as hard uh, to keep the Rose Bowl where it is. Well,
0: what what about what about the Sugar Bowl that follows the Rose Bowl uh, in in a pretty good time slot too? Will that affect the Sugar Bowl? Uh, good
3: good question. The, the, and the reason, the, but give again to give Delaney credit. The sugar, the SEC did it. They did the deal with the Sugar Bowl because they saw how beneficial it had been to the to the Big Ten and the Pac Pac twelve in, in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So that I would think both I would think both of those games would be nervous because there's going to be more and more and more pressure to get the national semifinals on New Year's Day.
1: Yep. I you guys are missing one big point about Delaney, and, and I like him. I've always liked him. He, he's been. And he, you're right, he's been, like Deuce said yesterday, he's a legend and a leader, is what, what was epithetized says. Right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, but he made one, one rule that affected the entire sport of college football that had huge ramifications. When Penn State went to the Big Ten, that changed everything. Yeah. Because yeah. if Penn State is available, they they eventually wind up in the Big East. And the Big East has Penn State, then they have Syracuse, then they have Miami, have an eastern block, and yeah. the ACC is what the ACC isn't, the Big Ten is what the Big Ten isn't, the Big Twelve, everything changes. It, right. it, so he's not, I don't think he's going to be regarded fondly in, 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 for the people who like college football in the east because he basically ended the eastern football as it existed. It wasn't great to begin with, but with Penn State. They would have had a, a, a solid league. You mentioned you have Penn State, West Virginia, Syracuse, Miami, Boston College, Rutgers. Even you know that would have been a not a great league, but it would have been a solid competitive league? That was, and that changed yeah. forever when when Penn when Michigan, uh, Penn State went to the Big Ten, and right. that was Delaney.
0: That, that's why we, that's why we called him Commissioner Eleven, right? You got it.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: Blau, you want you want to tell the story?
3: <laughs> yeah. How how, we were, how 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 he oh. became known as commissioner 11 commission 11 to us
1: we we, we, we were on a, a, a trip in south carolina and we ran to eddie fogler right uh i don't know what we're doing i think we're down south carolina uh, uh, steve spurs through, i think right but, um so we we ran to eddie fogler at, at a bar uh, uh and we were talking eddie, and eddie fogler was jim delaney's college roommate
0: yeah, and, and, at North and, Carolina. North, and North Carolina. And
2: North Carolina. They both right.
1: were basketball so players. So we, we said we're going to go up to see Penn, to see Penn State was going to play its Big Ten opening against Michigan, I think, the five, that September. So we are all going to go up there. And, and we were talking about it. And he says, Oh, yeah, say hi, say hi to Commissioner 11. I said, Commissioner 11? that's what we call them now. That's right. Uh, and, and so I couldn't, uh, naturally, I, I couldn't, I took that information. I just held that for about two months. And so I, I, we go, at that time, Penn State had that, like, opening, had on a Friday night had a, had a, a media availability where the coaches and Paterno and all those guys mingled with the media, and, and that was fun. And that's where Delaney was there. So I saw, Delaney, I, saw, I saw Delaney, you know, come come over, said, Jim, how you doing? And I said, by the way, Commissioner Lovett, how are you? And he just
0: <laughs> i just wrote. He's just who have you been
1: talking to? That's, that's, that's good. Six or eleven. All right,
0: we're, I want—I'm going to pivot to basketball uh, on a couple sub- subjects. But first, I want to address. Tony had a, a really good story last week uh, on TMG uh, on our website about this, basically the state of college football and whether we should be worried about college football sagging attendance, transfer portals. Uh, Tony. Uh, why don't you just kind of fill us in on on where the sport is? Is it, is it trending? Uh, where, where Where are we going? Uh, well, it, it, it
3: all started when I was flying back from San Jose after the national championship game. And a guy that all of us know, I won't say his name because I, did, I didn't ask permission to use this. But he said, he just looked at me in the airport and he said, you know, I'm really worried about our game. And I said, why? And he just he went through a litany of things from, you know, what is it, 19 guys not playing in bowls, record number of guys leaving school early, the transfer portal for crying out loud, and there's all these guys that are going to, trying to transfer and half of them not going to have anywhere to go, and on and on. Attendance, attendance down overall, attendance down with students. And I was putting it all together, and I said, wow, there's a lot of stuff going on here. And I talked to a bunch of people about why it is what it is. But the ultimate conclusion you came to, guys, is you know what? College football is so good we can't kill it. Okay, no matter what we do to it, no matter what changes, uh, we can't. It's just too good. We can't kill it. But it's a uh, well. It's, it's an interesting. It's an interesting time for college football because we're we're getting ready to see a lot a lot more changes in terms of player compensation, player freedom. And all those things, uh, it's it's going to be. It, we're in for next. The next few years are going to be really interesting.
0: Well, Tony, that's that's what's going to kill it, I think. And you mentioned it. You did mention it in your story. Pending court cases, uh, particularly yep. one in, in Oakland, California, right now, where, where where there could be a ruling within you know the, the next day or, or weeks, and that could dra- drastically alter the. You know, and it's all about compensation. And if if conferences can yeah. start paying, if conferences are are ultimately left to decide how much to pay players, uh, and, they, and, and it's a choice, wow.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I mean basically, the, the lawsuit, for people who don't know it, it it's, it's real simple. The lawsuit is that by putting, you know, every school has a cap on what a, an athletic scholarship is right. worth. And the fact that they do that, the incidentally puts a cap on what a scholarship is worth is according to the folks who have filed the lawsuit uh, and a trust you're fixing, you're fixing uh, the market uh, to the detriment of the players. And it, it, it's going to be a very interesting decision. And what, what do you do? I mean, what do you, do you, do you get together in conference? Do you, do you collude for lack of a better word? Uh, Yes. (laughs) and, And then again, if you do that, you get sued again because then you're not letting the free market determine what somebody gets. So yeah, it's, it's a huge court case. The the,
0: the the issue is that whether the judge Wilkins will will, will render the the mushy verdict, which will kind of half you know try to solve it by saying it's up to the conferences to do what they want, right. but they have to do something, and that's where it could really get uh, really get messy. But yeah, that, there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, uh but uh, we'll we'll find out next. Uh, I think fairly shortly, uh, one way or another. Uh, mark, marking brackets. Let's let's move to basketball since we are in March now. Give us a sense of, uh, and and first we will note that you correctly predicted the 68 team field last year, and yep. I, we we expect you to do that again. Um, <laughs> but what, where are we at in the in in the in the bracket bubble weakness um, uh, at large kind of stuff. Where we right well, the,
1: the Clifton's version of this is it, it's, been a, it's been a real bad year for your boys in the Pac-12 hey. and for a couple of other leagues, which has opened up other spots. Uh, it's been a great year for the ACC and a pretty good year for the Big Ten and, and the Big 12. Uh, and that that's basically it. And, and, and there's two tiers. There seems to be a, an upper tier of, of Tennessee, um, Kentucky, uh, Duke, Virginia, and Gonzaga. Those five teams. Seem to be just a little bit above everybody else, and then it's jump, then it's jump ball. Uh, then, then anything can happen. But uh, it's going to be interesting in the, next, in the next couple of weeks because because now now we have we discussed this you know years ago a couple of years ago is what happens to these teams in these mid majors and low majors. These these teams have win 27, 28 games and then lose. Who was in a conference tournament, and they all of a sudden they're on the outside sitting in. Uh, and this year we got we got a situation where Oklahoma and TCU are, are both. I've lost us ten games in the, in the Big Twelve, and both might they might finish. They could both finish six and six and twelve in the in in a Big Twelve and still make this tournament, which is which seems to me is outrageous. Right. Uh, well, yeah. Go ahead. Well, Blau, I, I got I got a, I got two questions for you. One. Yep. It, is
3: Wofford in no matter what? Wofford's playing in this Southern Conference is maybe as good yeah. as it's ever been. W- Wofford is just killing it over there. If they don't win their tournament, do they still get in?
1: I think so, Tony. But I'm still a little bit worried. Uh, I, I, they should be because they're they're they're, they're like 14, I think, in the in the net rankings, and it's like 21 seven in the RPI. And I think they should be solid. But I but I worry that at that stage, if if they're compared against Oklahoma, say Oklahoma. Is, is the other bubble team they're going against? Uh, Oklahoma beat them head to head, but I but I think I think Watford should talk should talk like TCU or even in Alabama. So I th- I think they're pretty solid. I would think they would I would hope they would be in. If not, that's going to out a Flyers for Well, Mark.
0: This 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 brings up the, my big beef, and I think I know Mark at least agrees with me on this. I wrote about it a couple years ago that the NCA has it backward the regular season champion should get the automatic berth to the tournament and not the conference tournament champion. Walford is a great example of that. Out here on the West Coast, we have another example. UC Irvine of all the teams in performing in Southern California right now which otherwise stink. Er, the Irvine Anteaters are 25 and 5 in the Big West. They've beaten uh, they have they have two quad one wins. Uh, which is a new term that I never ever thought I'd ever say, but you know they they won at Texas A and M and at St Mary's. Yet they will not get in and let you know Cal Poly could win the uh, Big West, which they did a couple years ago to knock Irvine out with a losing record. What Herbie? Why is that fair? Why? How come? How come the the tournament
2: I, champion gets it? I don't I don't think it's about fair. I think that the the issue is that it, if you don't give the the tournament champion the bid. What's the point of the tournament? Yes, know, the conference. Tournament. That's my point. I mean, I, the, and I'm not saying it's right, but I, I think that's the the theory. And uh, oh, <laughs> t- t- I, I, t- I don't t- know t- how God, you can we all we all
3: the, guys. There ain't listen. This 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 is this this question. Deuce talking about what's fair. I'm talking about what's what is. What <laughs> is is and Blau and I had this conversation today. <laughs> what is is that the the. T- the 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 Entertainment and Sports Programming Network that shows all of these conference tournaments, Correct. they want their pe- they want their people to say, this game is for a spot in the NCAA tournament, so you need to watch it. Okay? Right. That's, well, the
2: other, that's what the other it's thing, about. The other thing you have to remember is, historically, the, the ACC started the whole mania for conference tournaments. Back in the day, when nobody was doing this, the ACC... Did that in the '60s, uh, from when I was watching, and and all of a sudden their tournament, their conference tournament champion was in, got the bid, and everybody thought that was terrific because they played their uh, their butts off at the conference tournament, and now, like Tony said, it's sort of become uh, this thing that's out of control because ESPN wants to have the uh, cachet that you're making the tournament. I don't think you're ever going to be able to go back on that unless you, unless you broaden the field. Yeah, unless you have both, and then that's not going to happen. We we all know what's we all know what's happening here. ESPN
0: does not have the rights to the NCAA tournament, so they they decided years ago the conference tournament week would be their NCAA tournament, uh, and, mm-hmm. that's, and that's where they're going to make hay. But don't talk to me about who should have gotten in the field, who shouldn't. When you're leading conference champions out. Uh regular season conference champions out at the expense of a team with a losing record that got hot for for two days and you know uh, in, in in omaha or something you know, wherever they do it. it so don't talk to me about the field the balance of the field when you're not going to balance it it's not right and and you can let the conference uh tournament champion go to the n i t but guarantee that the regular season champion. And and then leave and then have like at large uh, conference champions, you know, bid for bid for the final at large spots. I just, Blau, are you with me on this? Well, there's the no way
1: to get around that, guys. Doof's well, right. I mean, I, I think 32 spots should go to the to the 32 regular season champions, and then there's 36 or 38 or increase the field by you know a few if you want to. But have but have but if you won the regular season. You're, you're in the N C A A tournament, and then if you play the conference tournament, you can still the conference tournament champion from from a small league or mid major league can still still make it in. I mean, he's not eliminated. They can still get in, and that that league can get a second bid if it's a different team. Uh, I think one of the ways to help, you know, make the field a little bit more equitable is I think they should put in a rule: if you don't finish 500 in your league, you don't deserve to get in that large spot. I mean, you, if, you, if you're below 500 in the league, you can make the tournament, but you're going to have to win the tournament to get there. I, mean, I just think it's ridiculous that if you play, if you don't win half your league games, you can make the team from right. that large spot. I don't care which league you're talking about. And that's, and
2: that's so, right, that's, mm-hmm. that's the team that's going to knock Irvine out if they don't win. the Correct,
1: big... that is correct.
2: Mm. Right. Well, you know, Blau, that was what I wanted to ask you, your bracketology uh, expertise on Indiana. I mean, a, a team that lost, like, Twelve of thirteen in January right. and February, and yet has some really quality wins at the front end of its schedule and the back end. Well, where do you stand with IU?
1: I think that I, I didn't. I thought I, I. think you got Minnesota and Ohio State are 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 more. Are, yeah, Big Ten's going to get eight teams in, but it's not going to be Indiana, I don't think, unless they make a significant run in. The, see, that's where if they, if they win three games in the Big, in the big Ten tournament well, maybe they'll can get they get back in a discussion. But right now, they're not even on the table. I think it's Minnesota and Ohio State are the last two teams from the Big Ten that are in.
2: Yeah, that was always my assumption. But, you know, when you're talking about sweeping Michigan State.
1: Right, you're you're, and, you're
2: and, right. And it happens. And beating Marquette. And, uh, you know, they they got some – and uh, what did they do? They beat Louisville. You know, right. I mean, those are – got some quality wins. But, yeah, it's going to be tough. I agree with you.
3: One one thing I'll tell the listeners: Hey, Blau, where do you, where do you have LSU? You got? Are they a two seed? I get, a I get, I get seed? LSU as a, as a high
1: three and maybe a two seed right now.
3: If LSU gets in as a two seed, the SEC will have three of the top eight seeds. I don't correct. know if they've if they've ever done that.
1: That's that that is correct, and they're very close to doing that, Tony. I I, I think it's, it's 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 I mean it depends on how. How enamored you are of Michigan State? Michigan State's the team that's faulted a little bit. Carolina, and Michigan are both solid twos, and so is the other SEC team, uh, either Kentucky or Tennessee. The fourth spot is 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 kind of up in the air, and and you know I've seen I've seen both both Jerry Palm and and, and Joe Lenardi. They're they're different. They, they they both have Michigan State. I think Palm has LSU as the number two, and 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 and. Uh, uh, Joey Brackett's there has, has Michigan State still. I'm, I'm, I'm st- sort of on the fence. I, I, I saw LSU. LSU looks pretty good to me, and Michigan State is like, eh, eh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, so yeah, right. I'm <clears throat> LSU, but uh, I think that's where that's where what happens in a in Big Ten tournament, in the SEC tournament, is going to matter. Does, does anybody well, – the... Yeah,
3: go ahead. I'm sorry. I ahead, just the last thing I was going to ask you is if, if, if Zion doesn't play for Duke on Saturday against Carolina – and Carolina blows their doors off again. Does Duke stay on one seed? UNC that's stay a good two? That's,
1: a, that's a good question, because Carolina could move up to a number one. You're right. That that's I mean that's 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 a that's that's a good question there. I mean uh I don't think I don't think Michigan can move up. LSU probably couldn't move up, uh, you know, and, 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 and you know, and so or you could see you could have you, you can have Kentucky and Tennessee as as two and, and, but this way, if Kentucky and Tennessee play in the finals of the SEC tournament, they both make it as close game. They both be number ones if, like we said, Duke gets blown out.
0: Does anybody disagree that that there may be, I think, what, six to eight teams, I think, that can win the national title this year? I don't give you Yeah,
3: th- I, 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 I don't... I, I'm sitting here looking at my seats here, just playing with a little bit. I, I don't see anybody on the three line... on the. Other than maybe Michigan State, yeah, which, who, could which win, just, who could win?
0: Which, it ju- yeah. which just lost Indiana,
2: right?
3: But yeah, bless. am blessed. Right.
0: so good in the tournament.
2: So well, he's you know the thing you got to remember yeah. about Michigan State is that they've, they've lost two really important players, right? You know, Nick well. Gordon and Joshua Langford are, those are those are really big contributors. And the other thing about Michigan State is that Tommy, I love him, but boy, he often goes for athleticism over skill and. They can struggle to make shots, you know. When they can get to the hoop, they're fine, but those can be problems. I mean, I, I like Michigan. What they do, you know, if, if they get into the right groove, they can be very solid. And Purdue is a team that that can be very good. And I, Maryland is a sleeper in my mind. You know, they're very yep. young and they can they can lose, but but they also have a bunch of ways to play when they're playing well. Uh, we, we we we've rightly
0: ignored the West Coast, other than you know Gonzaga, which I think does is one of those. Uh, eight teams, six to eight teams that can can win the championship. But uh, Mark, um, if Washington doesn't win the conference tournament, uh, can is the can the Pac-12 be a one bid bid league this year? Uh, is
1: that I mean, is that possible? I, I don't, no, they, no, they, they, no. Washington's in no matter what. I think. I mean, they if they're are, they're they're good. I mean, the, the only team on the west out in the west part is not the West Coast. Nevada, even though they lost to yeah, You yeah. thought they had a fight. I mean, Nevada is a pretty solid team. They they could they could do some damage. But but you're right. The West Coast is pretty barren this They, they haven't. The yeah. Pac-12 is really. I mean, what we you written about that all you know during the winter? Pac-12 has had a bad bad a bad season. <laughs> bad. It's been more than one. <laughs> yeah, they're just yeah. bad. They're there's just no re- bad. and there's you
0: no there's no re there's no re I mean there's no real reason for it maybe this is more cyclical than I think football has more systemic problems although you know the FBI probe and all that will will hamper but there's no reason why, why Arizona will be back next year even if their coach isn't and or, or we'll see I mean they got the number one recruiting class UCLA is just a quagmire um, but uh, uh, you know I said uh, before the the best team in Southern California of all the revenue producers is UC Irvine, and sure. and and nobody cares about them, nobody writes about them. Um, they've got a really good coach, and uh, but that's just that's just the way it is. Uh, I I just uh, I don't know I don't know what the Pac-12 can do. And you mentioned Washington. Washington hasn't played anybody. I don't even, I don't even know what their their net is. Their net is it's it's not that good. Right. It's a, the no, 40s or something like
1: that, or 40, the 40s, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 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 they're they're but they're they're solid enough. They've they played some teams close, and then and, 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 I think uh, <laughs> they've got five, that's five your, games in, in quad one, so I think they're okay. The,
0: the SEC model, it just means more Pac 12. We've played some teams close. <laughs> that, should be the, that should be on there. <laughs> <That's laughs> <that's on> there. <laughs> We've played some teams close, uh, but and I'll. I'll I'll, go, I'll get off my pedestal. I have one more beef about and maybe I'll write about this in, in the next week. College basketball. Why why is college basketball 40 minutes? And what you know, and in two halves and, and uh, where um, uh, you know college football and, college, and the NFL play the same amount of minutes. I, I don't I don't understand why college kids can't play four 12-minute quarters. Like I mean, what are they how did this happen? I'm
2: going to blame the well, Big Ten. Well, you know, one thing, one thing you have to realize is when you play in the NBA, I covered the Bulls when they had that good year that Derrick Rose won the MVP. I was surprised to realize that they really have two squads when they play those 48-minute games. I mean, yeah, there'll be one right. or two starters that'll flip over, but they go 10 deep, and, and I don't know that you would really want to do that with college when you play that extra eight minutes, if they're going to go hard, you're going to have to have more players. It it changes really? it. That was why the Bulls were good that year. Was because their second five were, were were always ahead of the other team's second five. What are you protecting? I mean, the college football plays Sixty minutes. would you want to? Why why not?
0: Why not reduce the amount of college football time if you want to protect? You know, you're talking about. Are you really? Is it really too much to ask for? For college players. I, I don't think. I don't think it matters in football. I'd rather go see, ahead, Tony. I'd rather see eight more minutes of basketball and, and fewer <laughs> stoppages for well, for replays. You know,
3: if if you go to if you know if you, if you go to eight more minutes of basketball, the coaches are going to scream bloody murder. You got to give me six fouls.
0: Okay? <laughs> well, okay.
3: You got to get. You, you got to right, give well, me six fouls. Take, two, take, right, take and we,
2: half their timeouts yeah. away too. Why don't Why don't you yeah. ask the question the other way? Why does the NBA play forty eight minutes? Those games just drone on forever. I used to think that when I was in the, when I covered the NHL, why do they have, why do they have three periods? You know, the guys, are, why do they have to have two <laughs> halftimes? <laughs>
0: That's true. But I don't, I think, I, just, I think it really, basketball goes back to James Naismith. I mean, remember what the women, the women weren't allowed to leave their little quadrants. I mean, they couldn't, you but, know, they, they all had to stay in their little spots. And I just think it's one of those things that doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, I don't, is it real? are you really fear for their, for their conditioning, they don't, and then their health, that they can't, well, that's just a little pet peeve, but uh, I'm, 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 off, I'm off my soapbox. Um, what, are, what are we missing? Uh, anybody else got uh, anything to add? I, I, got a, I got a column I'm going
3: to post tomorrow, or uh, well, Wednesday, uh, I've had a, several long conversations with the, with coaches and other folks about the project, uh, projected changes. In the targeting rule and what that's going to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it it, it is it is the bane of a lot of people's existence. What I came away with here's the number, guys, guys, and I got this uh, from somebody at the SEC last year. FBS, there are approximately 800 regular season games. Don't don't count conference games. Don't count bowls right around 800 games, 810 games. In those 810 games, 179 players were ejected. All right, that's less than 0.2 ejections per game. Uh, that's number one. My, my, my question is, will that number go up or down based on these new rules and what they're going to do? And the biggest change they're going to make is they're gonna make the re the re, every targeting call is gonna be reviewed as it as it is now, but they're gonna change the dynamic. Used to be if they called targeting and they didn't have enough inf- information to overturn the call, the call stood. Okay? Now yeah. it's gonna be different. Now you've got in the absence of proof, you've gotta have their their three or four uh, points that are have to be in place for you to have targeting. All right. Now if you can't definitively prove all of those points, if there's even one point that's not clear, then the targeting gets taken off the board and the, the penalty is withdrawn. So they're gonna do a lot more look because you know everybody's screaming about the targeting rule. So I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be interesting to watch. Yeah. And, and the other part of it is they're stiffening up the review of the targeting rule, but they've also thrown in there, if you get called for two targetings in the same season, you're not only going to have to sit out the game you were playing, you've got to sit out the entire next game.
0: Wow. Tony, on the same subject, do you think, now the, this America, the AAF, which is a spring football league, uh, going on right now, there are no kickoffs in that league. Um, yeah. as a player protection issue, do you think there will ever be a day when when college football adopts a similar rule where they will eliminate kickoffs and just spot the ball on the, on the 25 or or where were we heading that direction or what do you make of this
3: Yes, I think we are I agree in, we, we are headed in that direction. Part of tomorrow's column is why why is college football continue to embrace the targeting rule when so many people hate it. And it's because of lit- possible litigation. And and this is the same thing. Uh, I quote somebody in, this, in the column tomorrow that says, look, someday I'm going to be in a court of law and a plaintiff's attorney is going to ask me, did I do everything I could to make the game as safe as it could possibly be? And he said the the answer to that question had damn well bit of a yes. Okay. <laughs> and so I think I think down the road, they're gonna say, look, we've got to do this. We got because if we get dragged into court, hey, you could you could have made the, game, the kickoffs the kickoff some one of the most dangerous plays in the game, if not the most dangerous. And you didn't do any other than change the kickoff spot to get more touchbacks. You didn't really make any significant. You you could have eliminated kickoffs, and you
0: didn't. What what about what about overtime? Does anybody uh, think that this needs to be? I mean, we have seven overtime games and. Last year, uh, is is that all also a safety issue that will be addressed? absolutely?
3: Yeah. Now, I, I didn't get into it in this story because I didn't have space. We'll do it in the future. <laughs> part part of these, one of the, an, an additional new rule is going to be put into place, and it's, it's this. You know, now you play two overtimes. In the third overtime, you got to go for two. All right? right. Then, if you play four overtimes. In the fifth overtime, it's nothing but a two-point conversion. Yeah. All right. It's a two point and from that point on, after four overtimes, the game will be decided by a series of two-point conversions attempts. Oh. And that's it. Because they, they decided that we can't we cannot do another seven overtime game. So basically okay. the overtimes are gonna be the overtimes in are gonna be kept at four. All right. And then after the fourth overtime, the game will be decided by wow. each, each team gets a two, a two point play and that will decide the game.
0: Is that going to happen next year? I mean, is it, is...
3: The, they, the rules committee forwarded on April 17th is the uh, is the oversight committee that puts the final stamp on this stuff. If they put the final stamp on the stuff, it's going to happen this fall. Now, the the, the playing rules oversight group has thrown it back before and said, "Hey, this isn't good enough. You need to look at it again." But if they approve it, yeah, will those change? Those two changes that I just talked about will be in place for wow. this season.
1: Okay, good
0: stuff. All right. Anybody, mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. got any, anything else? We've hit with thirty six minutes. All good stuff. Quality entertainment. Well,
2: I, I would just say I, I add on the Big Ten front that. Jim Phillips, the Northwestern well, athletic director, is yep. apparently a heavy favorite to to succeed Delaney as commissioner, uh, and he's terrific. I mean, he's he's a great, great athletic director. He'll be a kinder, gentler uh, commissioner if, in fact, he becomes the guy. But he's well equipped to uh, to take him forward. So we need another. So I got
1: a question. Yeah. How many divisions will there be in the Big Ten next
2: year? How many divisions? <laughs> many? <laughs> How many? <laughs> I would, I would, I would be safe to say that we're going to stick to two. Well, <laughs> are they going to be? Are they going to be less than two? Oh, they'll just go to one on the football. He talked about it. He brought it up. Well, yeah, yeah but you know, there's going to be other things that are going to be in place if they do that. You know, yeah,
3: but but guys, let me let me tell you let me tell you what's going on, man.
2: Okay.
3: After I'm talking to athletic directors, and they are hearing back from their, con, as we said, their constituents. Yes. They are hear, hearing from their constituents. We are, and this is happening in the SEC, and it goes like this. The fans are going, we are tired of playing the same seven teams yep. every single year. We don't, you know, we don't have enough. You know, we got one team rotating. We almost never play, uh, you know, Alabama or Florida or something like that. You guys, you're paying us, we're paying bajillion bucks. You got to give us some more variety and you got to give us better. The pressure on these ADs now, they have, the fans have had it up to here with the uh, cupcakes. They've just totally over it. Said we want, we want to play eight or nine conference games. We want to have a big uh, non-conference game home and home with somebody. So, you know, Notre Dame's coming to Georgia. Uh, Georgia went to Notre Dame two years ago. I'm, I'm just telling you, the fans have gotten fed up with the scheduling, and uh, they're just going to be more pressure to get a a variety into the schedule.
0: Yeah, well, it's about time. I'm I'm all for that. Uh, yeah,
2: if you, if you make that you know if you make that more uh, uh, important in terms of the selection process at the yeah, end of the season, exactly, exactly, that would be yeah. great. The, i think there's there's i think it's
0: safer now to do it as long as you know that the 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 uh, selection committee is going to f- consider the fact that you played uh, no you, Notre Dame and uh, anybody else uh right. yeah and lo- if, if it's not going to do you any harm to do it uh then you'll see more of it anybody else or should we get out of here we don't ruin uh, next I want so I want I
1: want that's the championship pick from all you guys who's going to win basketball
0: Oh,
2: I'm going to say North Carolina.
3: Okay. All right, yeah. I'm going to say North Carolina, too. <laughs> Whoa! Okay.
2: Oh, uh, well, I'll... I'll, I'll, throw, well, I'll wait, now,
3: ask me, is, is Zion coming back at Duke?
2: Yeah. Yeah, then Zion if, comes if, back.
3: If, if <laughs> Zion comes back and he's healthy and ready to go, then it's Duke.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, if I had to pick one, I, I couldn't pick against Duke with, with a Zion in the lineup. And Martin Blowson? Tennessee. <laughs> oh,
1: all right. Uh,
0: they no. play,
3: Tennessee, Tennessee played the best game they have they, played very since Rick Barnes has been there uh, against Kentucky. That was – they just absolutely took them, took them to the cleaners. Well, they did. And Kentucky's good. Kentucky's really
0: good. They did. They did. And uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I think uh, – uh, those are all. Those are all good picks. Not one of those teams is west of uh, what's the farthest west? Any of those? Mississippi, teams? Knoxville. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Never mind. Go anteaters, as we we say out here. Zot, zot, zot. Uh, all right, good stuff, guys. We'll maybe uh, reconvene um, uh, sometime during the tournament or before the tournament. But until then, adios.